Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And although you are Lord, if you're not our Lord, help to become our Lord. Because you have all power in your hands. Thank you for this chosen Sunday. Thank you for all the participants. Thank you for the program. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now move mightily among us. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him, my Lord, I want you to let those words turn over in your mind. Good Friday always precedes Easter. Our Good Fridays are our seven last words of death, it's sad, it's depressing, but without a Good Friday, you cannot have an Easter. Can I get a witness? God allows death and depression to precede deliverance, and early on Easter morning, he got up with all power in his hand. So you may be at church this morning on a Saturday. You've had your Good Friday and you're waiting on deliverance. It's on its way. I give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to our great, amen, chosen ministry and to our own Reverend Pastor Chris Bennett, our, our MC. We thank God for you. Thank God for the young men. Stand up, guys. Thank God for you guys. Praise the Lord. April, stand up. Thank you. Larry, Larry, and amen. Y'all stand up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Stand up, brother. You're part of this ministry. Stand up. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for him. Praise God. And to this illustrious choir, stand up. Praise the Lord. All right, praise Jesus. Tiffany, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if y'all couldn't sing, I wouldn't ask you to stand up, trust me, but I do thank the Lord from whom all blessings flow, and we are working feverishly and over time trying to diversify our worship experience. Amen, and God is blessing us. And it, and it does not come without hurdles. Always remember this, anything worthwhile having, there's going to be problems getting there. Amen? Amen. 
and we thank the Lord for this great ministry and for all the participants of this ministry. It's, I remember when I was 18 to 35, such great years. Praise God. And um, great, great, it's a great time in life, time of um, just interesting things happening. And um, these young people are superb. Now, how many of you out there are 18 to 35? Just raise your hand. 18 to 35. I see you in the back. I see you there. I see you there. 18 to 35. Babe, babe put your hand down. Don't, 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 don't start lying. 18 to 35. God bless you. Will you stand if you're 18 to 35? Praise God. Now, I, I just want you to stand. I just want you to... I, I know this is, this is a new member. You're a new member, right? No, but I was talking to you this morning. Now, um, did we get your phone numbers three times already? No. Um, my God, today. At the end of the sermon, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to talk to you, okay? Thank you so much. In the balcony, boy, it's a lot of them here. Praise Jesus. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Praise God. The Lord is... Mighty, mighty good. April, I enjoyed immensely your testimony. Thank God for you. Praise the Lord. And uh, thank God. Love you. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Amen. I have a similar one. Sister G was stuck at the state store. She called me up. And I, and I came and pulled her out of trouble. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. It's, praise God. All right. Jackie Daniels over there going like this. Praise the Lord. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. You know, laughter is like medicine. I know, I know some of y'all don't take no medicine, but it, laughter is like medicine. It'd be good every once in a while. Just laugh. It'll help you out. Amen. John chapter 6. In verse 5, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? Fuel for one's faith and bread that is broken. One of God's greatest provisions of grace giving and guidance was the Old Testament, Old Testament pouring down of manna to a hungry, hurting, and helpless people. As Israel cried out for food in the wilderness, Exodus 16, God sent them an emergency food supply called manna, which was a temporary, timely, and typical supply of God's sufficiency until they came to the promised land. Now let me, let me, let me stop and pause and reiterate the last part of what I just said. While Israel was going across the wilderness of sin, on their way to the promised land. 
God had given them substitutes of food and water. And once the children went into the promised land, all substitutes stopped. Because now they had reached their destination of deliverance. And here in John chapter 6, there are three powerful principles that are being taught by our Lord to his disciples, and they are mandatory, man, mandatory courses for us today. First, we, we see a strategic plan in problem solving by our Lord. This is very, very important. It's laid out. Secondly, like the manna that fell in the wilderness, it was only a substitute to bring them to God's superior sufficiency. And then the third principle, and we'll see it in the text, that in the midst of our problems and pouting and depression, God already has a plan. He has a plan to pull you out before the world started. We'll see these three principles emerge, and it's here in this context that in John 6, Jesus is preaching to over 20,000 people. Now, stop, pause apart, because this miracle of the feeding of 5,000 is in all four Gospels, along with the resurrection of Jesus, meaning that the Holy Spirit who wrote the canon, the Bible, placed it there sovereignly for a reason. It's in all four Gospels. It says 5,000 males, and in the Greek, it deals with the masculinity of the male, not counting women and children. And when you count the three groups, over 20,000 that were following Jesus, about to faint, hungry, and in the evening, needed food. It's interesting that when you look at this text, that we see management movement and God relinquishing a monumental problem. That, that this text is loaded. And, and it's in this text that whenever we are problem solving, whenever we are um, dealing with management or administration, it is always good to begin by observation to discern the problem. We have to identify the problem. I don't care what line of work you're in, when you go into a situation or you're taking over a new section or you've been asked to do something, you have to spend some time in what I call the fact-finding mode, gathering information, whether it's the historicity of the company or the church, you've got to find out what's been going on. And, and, and this matter of gathering information is in verses 1 to 5, where in this text, Jesus Christ, amen, uh, in verse 5, goes to Philip and, said, and says, when shall we buy meat to feed all these people? How are we? Here's a problem, Philip. 
How are we going to feed all these people, 20,000? Now, in another gospel, it says Jesus, looking at the crowds, looked at them as sheep not having a shepherd, which is significant because shepherds typically lead sheep to green pastures. So here's Jesus asking in this observation phase, Philip, what shall we do? And Philip has a very logical answer. Philip said, listen, Lord, send them home. We, we would need 200 denarii. We would need eight months of wages to feed all these people. You, you, you need to just send them home. We don't have that. We don't have those resources. Was the answer wrong? No, it was very logical. And then um, he goes to Andrew, Peter's brother, and Andrew is always the one finding somebody. In John chapter 1, it was Andrew's, Peter's brother, that came back home and told Peter, look, come on, we found a Messiah. The same Andrew says to Jesus, well, there's a little boy here with a lunch. And uh, he has five barley loaves, five pieces of cake, two small fish, but, now watch this, what is that? To all these people. Philip's answer had no faith. Andrew's answer had a glimmer of faith. It's just not logical that a little boy's lunch can feed all these people. And Jesus says to Andrew, Give me the little boy's lunch. Let me, let me stop. You and I will face insurmountable odds in life. And the key is not using your degrees and your education to figure out successfully, how are you going to do this? But here's the principle here. The little that you have, put it in the hands of the master. Lady, 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 here's, here's a Gentile lady in one of the parables crawling while Jesus is at the table eating, she wants to be healed of the late of Jesus. Jesus said, I didn't come to heal dogs because Gentiles were called dogs. She said, Lord, but give the dogs the crumbs that the Jews won't eat. And Jesus healed her. When you put little in his hands, he blessed it. That means in, 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 by way of intercession, my God, he blessed what the little boy had so it was sustained. He multiplied, he break, break it, he multiplied what the little boy had so that it would stretch out. Lord have mercy. 
And he gave it to his disciples to distribute it so it was satisfied. Only Jesus and Jesus only can take the little of what we have and make that thing stretch until all stomachs are filled. I, I I don't know if you're getting this. Only Jesus can bring satisfaction to your life. He told a woman at the well, he said, look, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. But the water that I will give you, it'll spring up. Do I have a witness? So, 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 so by observation, Jesus has taken this little lad's lunch. He has, Lord have mercy, blessed it. He has broken the bread. He has distributed out and his first step through observation is identifying, Lord have mercy, the problem. Now, I, I tried to do parallel tracks this morning. Let me see if I can do it now. I've been here 27 years. Look at me. I don't fool with people that murmur. I know what I'm doing by the grace of God. There are four types of people in the congregation. One, those that think they're smarter than you. Oh, oh no, 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 no. They're all over the place. they all over the place. They, think they, they just think they're smarter than you. Their problem is God didn't call them. The second problem is you have theoretical knowledge, not practical knowledge. I've done this job 27 years. You only surmise what you would do. Can I get a witness? So, so there are people, there are people that think they're smarter than you. There are people who are always critical. And they got internal problems. They criticize what everybody else do, but they don't criticize them skeletons in their own closets. Can I get a witness? They got psychological problems. No, I ain't talking to none of y'all. I'm looking at the clock. Because I know in St. Matthews, we ain't got nobody like that here. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Then you got your politicians who speak out both sides of their mouth. They're devils. Can I get a witness? And then last, you got those who understand spiritual authority, who pray for the pastor quietly, who tithe their money, because folk that do all this, they ain't giving nothing. Can I get a witness? I'm, I'm preaching already. Let me look at that clock. So the fact of the matter is that if you guys go on a pastor, these are things you got to work through. Can I get a witness? Everybody wants to second guess you. Everybody knows what you ought to be doing. Everybody, some people come up, he does not. Trust me, by the grace of God, I know where we're going. I know what we're doing. We're on time. We're on key. We're on point. Now, this is a good transition into the second area of Jesus. I spent seven years in the military doing top secret work. The first thing they teach you is at every base that you go to, there are different SOPs, standard operating procedures. When you come in and get settled and come to work, they put you in a corner to read their SOPs. Because what you did at the last base, you don't do here. Do I have a witness? What you did at your last church, we ain't doing here. Can I get a witness? 
And the problem is you keep bringing your last church up. You should have stayed there. You should you should, you should have never came here with all these thoughts about your last church. I don't want to hear it. I, you know, the fact of the matter is, in the name of Jesus, the pastor loves you. <laughs> but you know, I speak my mind. I ain't got no problem with that, Doc. Amen. The fact of the matter is, is that Every base had different standard operating procedures. We are a transient church. Our vision is Jesus. Our vision is not people having a good time, not making fun and fellowship for youth. That ain't our vision. Our vision is to save and disciple people in Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness? Oh, you're getting tough. Now, 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 so our whole objective is him. Do I have a witness? And because we are a transient church with 12,000 members, we do not have afternoon services. We got 650 people coming out of Philly, thousands coming from Jersey, people coming down from New York, Delaware. We only got about 30 people from Williamstown. That's it. That's it. So we are not going to have afternoon services, evening services, and all of that because the nature of this beast is we come here to worship God and we're back out the door. Can I get a witness? Praise the Lord. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying this because, and right now, you don't know it, I mentioned this morning, I have about 50 people that I have approached in which I'm going to choose them And before core, I'm going to pour myself into them, amen, like I did years ago, and they will replace ministry and administration in this church because some of my people here are tired, they've been here too long, and they're hard-headed, they want to fuss, they want to murmur about it. I ain't got time for that. I move on. God bless you. See you in heaven. Bing. (laughs) You know, I I, I ain't fooling with that, okay? And, and, And the fact of the matter is, is that we, we need to understand that this ship of Zion is different from any other ship of Zion. Can I get a witness? And people come here for the word. They don't come here for nothing else. They come for the word. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I talk to them when they join the church. I know why they come. And so, uh, and, and so although we got great music, great singers, great praise dancers, and great ministries, 65 in number, our major objective is the word of God. That which will transform your life, your mind, your wills, your walk, your wisdom, your wealth, your warfare. Our objective, Bruce, is to pour Jesus Christ into their lives, into the young people's lives, so when they go off to college, they carry Christ with them. And, you know, when, when I came here, I, by observation, good people, good church. But the first thing I did was make sure that all roads led to Jesus. Not any personal organization. Everything had to be about him. All, no auxiliaries, no clubs, no, everything was about him. And, 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 and the whole thing is that in the process of change, you tick people off. That's, that's the nature to be. So the fact of the matter is, is that 
Our job is to order things that will exalt him. And, 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 and I said this, and I want, to move, I want to move as expeditiously as possible. I noticed that everything the Lord had me pass through in life was really preparing me for the pastorate. Are y'all listening to this? I worked in governmental accounting for two years. I couldn't figure out why I was there. I was trying to get to another job description in the government after being discharged from the military. I'm in governmental accounting for two years, and the governmental accounting, I was given a $6 million budget of a region, northeast region, of personnel, projects, equipment, uh, travel, so forth, so on. And every fiscal year, right around October, November, they would give you um, $6 million for that particular region. And the, budget, the budgetary job was easy. We had to make sure that the whole region had monies to, to do what was earmarked for them to do and, and, and whatnot. But pastoring a church, we don't budget that way. This is a projected budget. Meaning, everything is projected. We only have what really comes in. So if a certain amount of money comes in, and I got a great CAO, Sister Gordon, CFOs, CPA on staff, if, 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 if the money fluctuates from week to week, we got to make weekly adjustments in order to meet our needs. It's not as simple as you think. It's not having money allocated. It's not, it's, it's always a fluctuation of doing this, doing that. And what we have done, and, and, and I want to say this, what we have done is not only, amen, build a state-of-the-art complex, not only have we, amen, been instrumental through the grace of God of saving thousands and then growing to thousands, but on the back end, we have reduced debt, which many other churches can't say. We have paid off all the buses. We paid off the community center, 2.4 million, whatever. And we have constantly reduced debt so that futuristically we can open up more money for ministry. Are y'all getting this? So when you start talking about management, when you start talking about oversight, integrity, character, we are audited twice a, a year through a governmental audit and they, they are tough and we come up clean every year why because we are about we about we are about him we about him we about him so what what, what, what what you know what are we saying we're saying that um there's more to all this than meets the eye it's not just getting up here, saying something on Sunday, singing and running and running. No, it's a whole lot of, when the air conditioning unit went out, it cost $50,000. We had two of them go out. That's $100,000. Can I get a witness? So it's, it's, it's always an ongoing problem trying to manage, trying to, amen, administrate, so forth, so on. But I want you to see the Lord in this context it, it, uh, after his observations, look at the order, and, and, and Jesus says, and Jesus said, verse 10, make the men sit down. You see that? There was much green grass in that place, so the men sat down, and the number was about 5,000. 5,000 men. Order 
needs organization. Paul told Titus, set the house in order. Now, what do you mean by that? And here's, here's what people don't believe. I know y'all brilliant. I, I respect that. Process must intersect with, yeah, prag- being pragmatic. You don't just come up with process. It's what is really going to work in this scenario? Listen to pastor. When I looked at this text, in all four gospels, Jesus told disciples, make the people sit down. 20,000 people who are hungry. Now, you know what we act like when we get hungry. Come on now. I got to take my meds. I got I to cramp in my pack. I've been here all day. You know, we get murmurous when we get hungry. You know? Some of us get evil when we get hungry. I'm hungry. I got to. In all four Gospels, look at the organ organization of Jesus. There's a design proposal. Make them sit down. But only in Mark 6 does it give us specificity. Don't turn. In Mark 6, Jesus says, make them sit down in symmetrical order. Listen to pastor. Let them sit in semicircles of 100 people. And let's make 50 of those circles. 50 times 100 is 5,000. Well, why do you want a symmetrical? Why do you want a semicircle of 100 people? And those being, uh, and the disciples distributing them the food. Because with a semicircle of 100 people, it's easier to distribute the food. Number one, it's easier to have accountability where the food's gone, and it's easy to collect up the fragments. Voting is nowhere in the Bible. In Exodus 18, God told Moses, you choose 70 men with your spirit, your vision, put them over these two and a half million people. That's where our whole concept from congregational care comes from. All of you are in a cell when you join this church. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, 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 Neil, what cell are you in? He's in Chronicles. Do you know your cells? No, y'all don't. <laughs> what cell do you lead? He's a leader of a cell. Genesis. Genesis. Stand up. This is Genesis cell. There's 400 people in the Genesis cell. The last letter of their name is from A to what? A to D. If you are, if your last name is from A to D, stand. A to D. All right. Chris Bennett is your cell leader. Did y'all know that? Great. Chris, you're a good cell leader. Now, who's the Genesis cell leader? I mean, the Exodus. I thought you said Chronicles. All right, God bless you. This ain't working. (laughs) Thank you, Neil. 
Neil, stand up. Neil is the cell leader of Exodus. And the letters are what? That's all right, Neil. We, we are. I'll come back to you, man. All right. That's true. Who's the Leviticus cell? Who's the Leviticus cell leader? Who? Reverend Jackson's not here. He's excused. This ain't working too good. So Israel was told to break down into these various denominations. And when manna fell, God in the Old Testament, Exodus 18, says, look, I'm not going to send manna every day because I'm not letting it rain on the Sabbath day. Just pick up the manna and then we got to come up with an organizational device so that you have food without me breaking my principles. Are y'all with me? So it's here that Jesus says, make them sit down symmetrically, semicircle of 150 of those circles or more, and the Bible says, then Jesus, verse 11, took the loaves when he had given thanks, distributed to disciples, disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they would. That's organization. That's order. Can I get a witness? And Jesus was dealing with this matter of order. We got to have order. We're talking about going to earlier services for the summer. Dress down. Most like it, some don't. We're not going to please everybody. We're not trying to please everybody. Can I get a witness? We can't please everybody. Can I get a witness? Your own wife don't please you. Your own husband don't please you. So the fact of the matter is, we, our objective is for people in a transient setting to get fed, have worship, have fun, have fellowship, and then go about their business. This summer, the doors will start to be locked at 11 o'clock. We're going to be out of here. Well, I need more than that. Well, do it in the parking lot. That's all. Just, amen. Run around your car a couple times and say, praise ye him. That's good. I'll be on my way to Wildwood. You can stand out there all day and do your thing. I want you to see these principles because observation led to order and organization. Organization led to obligation. Verse 12. Look what he says, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain and nothing be lost. That we have a responsibility to the Lord not to waste his sustenance. We have a responsibility to the Lord to take up the fragments, feed them for another day. Are you getting this? We have responsibility to the Lord, amen, to make sure there's no waste in his house. There's no abuse in his house. Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together, filled the 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, here it is, said, this is of a truth. 
that prophet that should come into the world. Everything is designed to exalt him. When he says, I am, in the Greek, ego, emi, is I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate bread in the wilderness, they did. I am the true bread of life. If you belong to this church and we have not penetrated that message into you that only Jesus is the true bread, you're here for the wrong reasons. He is the true bread of life. I can have a hunger and never be satisfied. I can have a thirst and never have my thirst quenched. When I go outside of Jesus, I'm preaching now. April's on my relationships. I can tell you right now, no man and no woman on the face of this earth can make you happy. You know why? It wasn't God's design for them to make you happy. You go back to Genesis when God told Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. I'll give you a help me. Help me. Somebody, amen, that will get in your crawl. Somebody, iron sharpening iron. Your mate is not supposed to agree with you and everything. Your mate is not supposed to give you your way and everything. In fact, the essence of relationships in Christ is that God brings opposites together. Now, opposites attract, and then opposites attack. <laughs> Talking about, well, we're not compatible. That ain't from God's word. Who is compatible? Are y'all listening to Pastor? Look at April's testimony. Her husband ain't nothing like her. He got the armor. She had the armor all. You, you understand what I'm trying to say? The fact, the fact of the matter is, is that, in fact, there's a book out. Marriage is not to make you happy. Marriage is designed to make you holy. And you don't like that one, do you? <laughs> Woo! Jesus. <sighs> the obligation process is don't lose any. They filled up the fragments and they saw who Jesus really was through this particular miracle. We're starting a college campus ministry where we have a presence on these college campuses. Even if it's a Bible study, we have a presence where we go to the college campuses and encourage the kids to come here to swim, play tennis, enjoy themselves. But all the time, we are engineering Jesus into their lives. Are y'all getting this? That, 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 that when we begin, now, now just think, some of y'all graduated from college years ago, just think, if St. Matthew's came on your college campus, 
I bet not go there. <laughs> While you were in college with the gospel of Jesus Christ, Bible study, da 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 da, it may have saved you from a whole lot of mess you got into. Can I get a witness? You ain't got to clap. It's all right. If walls could talk, Doc, if walls could talk, can I get a witness? Child of God, child of God, that is that when, when, when we look at the obligation, he moves then to the outcome. The outcome is to produce a strong product. And we can only view the victory through the outcome of an excellent product. What is our product of St. Matthew's? It's engineering Jesus Christ into the lives of people. It's getting them saved. It's discipling them. It's teaching them how to live by faith. It's teaching them how to come out from among the world. Not be like the world. Goes back to our vision, our purpose. So, so the fact of the matter is, when we look at this outcome, Lord have mercy, thank you Jesus, this outcome, and people say, well, the young people don't like that, so when did you start listening to young people that don't like it? My mother put that castor on my mouth. It was nasty. Wasn't it nasty? It was nasty going down, wasn't it? But it did the job, didn't it? How about them little Xlax chocolate candies? How many of y'all had to eat that? Thank you, Jesus. It cleaned you up, didn't it? Didn't it clean you up? Or the Father John? Or that real nasty fish taste in the... What, what, what is it? Cotton liver oil. Remember, remember cotton liver oil? Your parents didn't care about your frowning. They were trying to clean you out. And that's the way the word of God is. It, it may not taste good in your taste buds, but it'll clean you out. And when I come forth, I'll be like pure gold. Jolly, do you want to go to church today? No. All right, I'll be back. What kind of mess is that? Jolly ain't paying no bills. Don't get me started. In the name of Jesus. See, we were afraid of our parents. See, you see, see, I, I ain't talking about reverence. It's about we fit. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We reverence, but we were afraid. Weren't we afraid? Scared to death. Oh, my mother used to usher. She'd be in that middle aisle with them white gloves on. I'd be back there with the little girls. And all she did, she never spoke. She'd just look at me and go. And I knew what that meant, Doc. I knew. I'd tell the little girl, get away from me. You done got me in trouble. You I knew what that nod meant, Doc. She was going to tear your backside up. And they don't forget, do they, Bruce? I don't care how old they get. Once they grab you, everything comes back. 
Can I get a witness? Oh, by the way, three weeks ago, you sassied me. And three months ago, you said to me, Lord, have mercy. Jesus. As we close, look at the outcome. Look at the outcome that's listed here in John chapter 6. First, John 6, 26 is the lesson. Look at John 6, 26. When you get to say amen. amen. Jesus answered him, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you wanted to eat. The lesson is everybody doesn't come to church for the right reasons. You ain't seeking Jesus. Some of us are dealing with our guilt. Look at the labor in verse 27 from the lesson. Jesus says, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. My God. He moves from the lesson to the labor to the leaning, 28 and 29. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? How can we please God? And his answer is in verse 29. Here's the work of God. Believe on him whom he hath sent. Are you getting that? But look at a lie in 30 and 31. They said therefore unto him, what sign show us us that we may see and believe? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, verse 31. And Jesus said to them, yeah, your fathers ate manna, verse 32, but they are dead. Lord, have mercy. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Are you with me? Now, I want you, verse 34 and 35, is the liberty, then they said unto him, evermore give us this bread, and Jesus goes into the fourth ego, emi, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Now, now, what are the practical principles as we bring this to a halt? Whatever I have that's little, give it to Jesus. He can stretch it. When I don't know what to do in a given situation and I don't have a plan, I know God already has a plan. He's got a plan to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God's not waiting on your analysis. God's not waiting on your plan. God's not waiting on your education. God has already sovereignly put together what you need to come out. Forty-nine to fifty-one, fifty-three to fifty-eight. In closing, is life. Now, notice these scriptures. I'm gonna try to synopsize them for the sake of time. But here's what Jesus did. I'm the bread of life, verse thirty-five. And in verse forty-nine, he starts taking them off. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. He's talking about eternal bread. I am the living bread. Ego, e me. I am the living bread 
which came down from heaven, if any man eat of me, he will live forever. If they will eat my flesh and drink my blood, they will have eternal life. His doctrine, his dogma, and his direction ticked them off. He's talking about cannibalism. No. He's metaphorically, symbolically talking about him. My body is what died for you. My blood is what justifies you. My resurrection is what puts it all together. If you don't believe that I am the true bread of life, you will die in your sins. Now listen to this. He had 70 disciples. At this point, 58 turned back. Said, we can't follow him any longer. So he turns to Peter and said, will you too leave? Peter said, Lord, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. When we think about the bread of God, when we think about what little we have in our hands, that he's able to bless it and multiply it and distribute it, he can make your stuff go further than you can ever make it go. That's what we don't understand about tithing. When I talk about giving a tenth, I don't have a tenth. I got bills. Okay. God wants to be first. And when you give him his tenth up front, he makes the nine tenths go further than the ten tenths. He will do far, exceedingly, abundantly above. You know why you can't get out of your rut? Because you won't take him at his word. And there's got to be an act of your will. You can't feel your way through this thing. If I get a check for $200 a week, I got to say the first $20 belongs to him. Now, Lord, now watch this faith movement. Lord, I got $180 to work with. And I got $250 worth of bills. And here's what Jesus says. I got it. Because I'm able. Isn't he able? I'm able to do far, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think to the only wise God, our Savior. He can take you a little and make much. He's already got a plan in spite of your plans. And it's his plan that's going to work. It's his plan that's going to pull you out. It's his plan that's going to bless you. It's his plan that's going to keep you. It's his plan that's going to provide for you. Not your plan, but his plan. Can I get a witness? For Jesus knew what he was going to do. And then the final principle is your substitute is pointing to his sufficiency. We get man of the day, but he's going to give me himself later. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him. Lord, I need you to watch over my children in college. You are the God who's everywhere at the same time. 
You are the God with all power in your hands. I got kids in college. Watch over them, God, in the name of Jesus. And Jesus saying, well, as you are going, as you are feeding and preaching, as you are encouraging, I loop back around and I got what's dear to you. I, I wish I had a witness. As you are in ministry, I'll bless yours because your hand is in the right place. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching to somebody. Lord, I need help in my marriage. Well, you just keep on serving me. Stay humble. Stay clean and keep on praying. And I'll make confusion into something that you can, amen, call a blessing. God, he is able. And if you don't get anything else today, he's able. He's able. He's able to turn situations around. He's able to change my heart, change my mind, change my will. He's able to make me shout. He's able. See ya. See ya. See ya. that was slain to receive glory, honor, riches, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Andrew, give me that little boy's lunch. And when I finish, 20,000 will be filled. And we'll have fragments left over. Because once you put it in my hands, turn to your neighbor and say, my hands. Once it's in his hands. He'll make things. He'll transform troubles. Won't he do it, saints? He'll lift up what you can't lift up. He'll make happen what you can't make happen. He'll give you joy in your lawn. He'll, he'll give you running in your feet. He'll give you clapping in your hands. Say, yeah, worthy, 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 worthy. Stay on our feet. As every head's bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, just put your hands in the air. Don't be ashamed. Just put your hands up. I want Jesus to save me today. Or perhaps you are saved. You want to join the church. Raise your hand. Is there one? We had one this morning. Is there one? Just put your hands up. I see your hands. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Is there another? Is there another? Just step out. In the name of Jesus. Observation, order, obligation, outcome. Thank you. Is there another? Come on. This is the best church in the world. You need to join it without a doubt. Observation, order, organization, obligation, outcome. You know what I'm waiting on God for my outcome? I'm waiting for God to bless me. Not because I deserve it. I'm a no good sinner saved by grace. 
but I've tried to be faithful in a few things. Can I get a witness? And the Lord is faithful. Isn't he faithful? Isn't he faithful? Is there another? Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for this illustrious narrative on the feeding of the 5,000. What started off as a problem ended up as a product. What started off as a substitute ended up as a sufficiency. What started out as illogical, God, you brought everything together. You fed everybody. You took up fragments. You blessed the crowd to go home filled because they trusted you. Now, Lord God, we trust you. Take our little and make much. Lead God and direct us in a plain path. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. See you Wednesday. Have a great day. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. you are dismissed.